0: I am Lauren Beske and you are listening to The Woven Women. We are a touring multimedia arts initiative that gives a voice to women around the world. Through sound stories and photography portraits, we create immersive exhibitions where communities can come together and hear the stories of local women. Welcome to the first chapter of The Woven Women. Starting our journey in New Zealand, Aotearoa, This first chapter focuses on the stories of four Māori women and it is called wahini, which means women in te reo Māori, the Māori language.
1: You know, never ever bow down to anybody. You stand up, you're mana whenua. We have a power that most of us don't even realise is there. I think she showed me what it looks like to be a successful Māori woman. Mana wahini is... The ultimate. Then wahine is is wahine.
0: (laughs) Our fourth episode is about Gerise. Along with motherhood, religion has played a pivotal role in helping Gerise connect with her identity as a Māori woman. Now on a journey to ignite understanding and unity between Māori and Pākehā, Gerise explained how speaking te reo Māori, the Māori language, and embracing her tikanga, or practices, have allowed her to honor not just her own identity, but the identity of her people. This episode was created for the exhibition Wahini, which was in Nelson, New Zealand, until the 16th of February, 2020. If you didn't get a chance to experience it, the exhibition will be opening again in Richmond's library, mid-April. If you would like to see Therese's photographic portrait that featured in the exhibition to enhance that connection, you can visit our website, thewovenwomen.org, under the podcast section. That's enough from me. Now, let's immerse ourselves in Wahini, Chapter 1 of The Woven Women. Therese, Welcome!
1: um so I have six children um Kenan's 15 Kianu uh, is 14 Ranya is eight uh, Tumanako is seven Cororia is six and Ngā Tanahira, my youngest, is five um, and he'll be starting school next year. So um, he's, yeah, he's looking forward to it. I'm not. (laughs) He's my last baby, so it's really, yeah. um, He's growing up and I'm going to miss being, um, just having a baby at home. Yeah. Kia tere, my boy. Apai. Right, we're going pick up Kororia Rangi Iria and Tumanako on the bus stop.
0: Yeah, they're waiting for us.
1: and then we've got to go and pick up Kenan and Keanu, and then Daddy. When I became hapu, pregnant with my first daughter, I was eight and a half months pregnant, but my mother-in-law no Rangi Iria, she was um, sick. She was admitted to hospital um, We went up there I was two weeks I had two weeks to go Till I was to give birth And um, we were on, in the hospital with her And um, just said you know, um, What do you want to name baby This is our first girl Your first granddaughter um, Do you have a name for her And then she said um, Rangi Iria Agnes Make sure you have the Agnes in there Because that's her name, Rangi Iria Agnes Hepi. And I was like, oh, sweet. So we gave her that name. I think it was a couple of days later she had passed. And so um, before she became sick, she asked for my older son, um, Kenan. Me being naive and not knowing the way, the tikanga and all that. I was like, no, (laughs) you're not having my firstborn. What are you on? (laughs) And and not just on this journey of finding out our tikanga and our practices and what usually happens, you know, what what did happen back in the day. Me being young, thinking I should just wants wants my child, this is my first child, I'm not giving you my first child. Um but the reason and the co papa behind it, um, what? that makes That's sense. Pretty cool, my son. So I think if I if I could take oh, turn back cool. time I probably would have done that. Because um, then her knowledge would have been yeah. instilled oh, into my son. You boxing? We'll, no, we
0: we'll have we'll been teamwork.
1: Oh, teamwork, eh? Mahi and they look Uh Poor meke meke, boxing. te koriro tina. Poor Miki Miki. Should we show? Should we take this home and show Dad, eh? When I met my husband, I didn't know my identity as Māori. And um, just being with my husband and going back to her house and just being immersed in Te A Māori, that was another a view on um, my identity as Māori. Actually, I was a little bit intimidated by her too, because <laughs> she, was, she was a well-known, well-respected um, woman in Te A Māori. I think she showed me what it looks like to be a successful Māori woman um, because of um, you know she was a lecturer and she um, she lived and breathed who she was like, and, and I didn't know what that looked like because even my whānau back home didn't know who they were yeah I'm just really kicking myself that I didn't didn't embrace all those things and that's because of My upbringing, because I wasn't um, brought up around tikanga Māori, that it was really, it was a new thing to me, was my journey of um, finding out who I was as a Māori wahine. Um, And it goes for my family, I'm speaking for myself, it goes back to Colonisation, and so my grandma um, spoke fluent Te Reo uh, Maori, but when she went to primary school, um, they would get strapped for speaking Te Maori, and um, yeah, unfortunately, that's where it stopped, um, and, and the loss of our identity as Maori. Um, and so we're in a period now in my family where we're just we're realising that. God has created us Maori that we should embrace that um, to honour him in that Um, and so we're learning our te reo Maori and tikanga Maori and stuff like that so um, yeah we're on a journey (laughs) I love music music is is something that helped helped me get through You know, even in my testimony um, when I would lock myself in my room music was my way out um and what drove me actually what led me into the church was music. So um yeah. So um during that depression um stage of my life at the age of 16 um the only time I would leave the house was when my mum would go to church on a Sunday and I would only go there to go for a ride, knowing that I wouldn't know anyone at the church. And um, I would just sit in the car and play music. And my mum used to hate that because I would always flatten the battery. So she would finish church and come out and go, oh, you've done it again. Um, you're not coming next week. <laughs> and um, But I did, I didn't listen. There was one particular time when I went to um, church to flatten her battery. <laughs> um, I remember during the end, I could hear this music just blazing. I was like, where's that coming from? Because I was overriding my music in the car. And I turned it off and I was like, oh. And so I got out of the car, walked towards the um, church and they were worshiping, And it, but it was just really just attracting me to it. And so I was like, oh, we'll open the door to suss it out. And um uh Annisbrook Church and I opened the doors to the auditorium and everyone was standing up and they were all happy and praising the Lord and um and the pastor was just at the end and he was doing an altar call and he was like, Um, you know, if you if you're in a place right now where you need a loving father and you just want to know, embrace that love that he has for you. Um, just come up the front, don't worry about anyone else, don't worry about anyone watching. It, something just hit me and I just started boiling my eyes out. And I just felt um, really like something was lifted off me. And so I just started walking up the front. Brent, our pastor Brent, um, prayed over um, over those that responded. And... Um, yeah, automatically changed. Like my whole perspective on life is just I had hope, I felt loved. It was really, really um it was just an instant um change for me. I know that he's a living God. Hence my passion, hence my my love for him. Um my the vision that he's given me in terms of unity between Maori and Pākehā is not is not my my own um, vision. It's it's, it's, it's been given system. to me and, and, and I do mother, believe mother, that it's it's from mother, my Tipuna as well.
2: And you're the way out. Oh you're the way out. <laughs> you're the way out. You're the key. You're the key in the lock. Your your korero, your message. Even just your life. I'm not defined by my past, Mm, you are, I am, I'm a new person. I'm a mana wa hanitua, I was born for this hour, to free my people.
1: It's got a lot to do with um, learning about our history. Some people look at it and and they're like, oh, it happened, whatever happened back then, you know, the treaty and all that, and the dishonoring and all that. We don't want to dwell on the past, um, but it's actually bringing it up so that we can have understanding and so that we can move forward together in unity. Um, Talk about those things and, and yes, forgive one another. Forgiveness is a massive one. This whole Wahine Tiratanga O Te Rangi group that I've started um, from our church, it's it's for, not just for Māori, Wahine, but it's also for anyone, anyone from any ethnic group that um, wants to learn our language, wants to learn our... um, our practices um, in accordance to the Bible. We're not going to the past so we can be guilty of one another's um, grievances that we've caused um, because it's on both sides. Um, We're doing it so that we can move forward together. And um, this whole thing about identity as Māori, it's representing us in the pure form that God wants it to be, as Māori, we're rising up again um, and that we have a, a, a significant part to play in that. And for me, like, I'm, in myself, I'm like, oh, I'm not that person, I don't want to be that person, I choose someone else, I don't want to do it. Um, that's because I'm was I'm not confident, I wasn't confident in who I was as a, as a Māori person. I don't have the real, you know, I'm still learning, I'm still on the journey and... It's like a, I feel like I'm not qualified. But um, at the same time, we had a, a message from our pastor, and um, they said that God doesn't call the qualified, He qualifies the called. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> so I was born a female, and I learned how to become a woman, um, and that's through. Pretty much the examples around me, so my mum, uh, my aunties um, and my cousins too. It's probably why I am so, um, yeah, dominant in my role in my relationship. Um, it's because I've learned how to be a woman through them. You know, they would wear the pants in their relationship, so that's probably where I learned it from. And it's something that I've been struggling with like in terms of um, what it says in the word that our men are supposed to be the, the head of the house the women are to be the helpers to encourage him to make all the decisions and all that um, and so in our relationship I've been the one that been in the front line of everything but the law's been showing me that um, I need to step back and allow my husband to rise up um, through warts and all <laughs> mistakes and all. Just praying about that and and the Lord speaking to me that the balance needs to be correct. That we need to allow our men to rise up as well. I don't know, it's a little bit hard to communicate with yeah, men in in general. I think the men who know who they are and know their role and all that stuff confident in themselves, it's easy to talk to them but ones that may be struggling with their own identity I don't know they must see me as a threat or something <laughs> they must be weird of the community I don't talk to that one she so might tell you what to do <laughs> uh, let us keep close together not far apart.
0: Thank you so much for joining me on this journey. Before I leave you, I want to share what a wonderful learning and human experience this project has been. I feel so blessed that these inspiring women welcomed me into their lives and I am forever grateful that they allowed themselves to be vulnerable to me and to you. So if you like this podcast... It would mean the world to me if you shared it with your friends or shouted about it on social media. And don't forget to use the hashtag TheWivenWomen. Women. I would also be very grateful if you could rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcast or your favourite app. That all helps a lot in ranking this show and making it more accessible to the rest of the world. And if you have any comments or questions, just leave a comment below.
2: These Wahini stories are just so essential to our understanding of Maori culture, tikanga, protocol, um, and our growing together as a nation, and the effects of colonisation, uh, Pakiha, misunderstanding, the damage that's been done, even if it's through ignorance, but the damage that remains and and the hurt that has to be uh, dealt with. And that has to happen before we can come together as a nation of two peoples. Uh, Thank you so much to the four Māori wahine who have so honestly and openly and um, generously given us their stories and shared and to you Lauren too, to come here from another country and bring us our stories thank you
0: the feedback you heard in the last three episodes are from people who had the chance to experience the exhibition Wahimi in Nelson a few weeks ago I had left the recorder available for people to share their thoughts thank you so much for your precious feedback. The four portraits that were part of the first Wahine exhibition are now completed. As the exhibition travels around the country, the project will be expanding and women from different iwi or tribe will be joining our journey. If you haven't done it yet, make sure you subscribe to the Woven Woman podcast now so you get to hear their stories as soon as they're ready. Until then... Kiara, and thank you so much for listening to these women's stories.